The following program is being brought to you on the World Talk Radio Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit worldtalkradio.com. The World Talk Radio Network, where the world comes to talk. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the World Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. To the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. What you hear in the next hour could very well save your life. Now, here's your host, Sharon Kleina. I'm going to invite you to listen to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Power of Water, and the human mission on this planet. This radio media show is going to be worldwide, giving you the information that you've never had. We're going to cover in this classroom, and I'm going to call it a classroom, every week, and be sure and go on to our website and look up all the different shows that we've had. We've had over 260 guests. We're starting our fourth year. We've gone into countries like Kenya, Rome, Netherlands, uh, UK, United Kingdom, Thailand, all over the world, and we've gone into states all over this country, the different states we've gone into, and discussed power of water and your health and issues of herbs and organic farming and your eyes and your skin and uh, what you eat, your sleeping, but most of all, all about the world and the water. Now, I've said in every show, and I'm going to say it forever, the moment you were born and you left a pocket of water that you were living in for many, many months, it's, the eyes and the brain connected at the same time, and you begin to develop a, a miracle of life, begin to develop at that instant. All of a sudden, when you were born, you were that special. You came into the air. You were born Can you imagine that brand-new baby without water around it for the first time in all of its life? No water around the skin. Your skin is your soil of the earth. Your skin is the surface of your earth, your planet, your orbit. So what I'm going to teach each week with the thanks to our guests, those wonderful guests that have taken their time to... Their lives are missions to me. I have listened to them say each week throughout the world when they started thinking about what they wanted to do was when they were young, and, you know, they did it. And we've been learning all over the world from the United Nations, from uh, Stephen Solomon's book, The the Book of Water, and all of these different authors and different backgrounds of people, all the way to different people who have gotten different awards to mastering life in the water like Dr. the Professor Warkthridge, that when we are born, the moment began, we were dehydrated. The eyelid opened. The eye organ is the only organ exposed to the air, living with you, with not covered by the skin all day long. But that eye organ has a tear film, three layers, a lipid layer, 
a water layer, the middle layer, that must maintain up to 99% water at all times, and the mucin layer. What happens when the eyes are open, the eyelid is open all day, your eyes are exposed to needing moisture from the air, water, fluid from the air, so that your skin needs that fluid from the air, and you need to learn those secrets that Earth offers, and Earth does offer them. But these guests that we have on, all these wonderful guests, are giving you extra secrets, extra things to remind you with their background and their dedication. What excitement. And it is fun. And I'm down in California this week, and as I was coming down in I-5, everybody all over the world knows about what's going on in California and their water wars. And water wars all over the world, and some people are dying because of water wars. And I'm coming down the freeway, the most beautiful state in the whole wide world. I mean, my God, California is gorgeous. And I'm coming from where I live in Oregon, and I'm coming down I-5 through the most beautiful mountains, over through Mount Shasta, coming down into the agriculture, and I'm noticing, and, and it's fun to notice. Please notice your earth. Notice your rocks. Notice your soil. Soil. Notice the vegetation. Notice what's going on in that spot. But as I was noticing... All of a sudden, I'm seeing signs, Congress caused a dust bowl, and they were right. There were places where they were really dusty and obviously no water coming on the surface to absorb through the surface that there had been for many years to fill the aquifers below. See, that's how I think. Uh, then all of a sudden, we're coming along, and it says, food grows where water flows. And my gosh, the state of California is supplying the world with fruit and nuts and strawberries and, and uh, avocados and oranges and lemons, and you can just go to your website and see what California offers. And those wonderful families for generations that gave their lives from so far back wanting to grow food for the world. And they got, it's exciting, and they're dedicated. So look at California as one of those special places on earth. They do provide you with so much, and the way they do it, it is so beautifully done and artistically developed and planning from way back and sacrifices and the risks in the financial side. Can you imagine way back being a farmer and there was no rain or the insects came because it was too warm or something was happening and they lost everything they planned to grow practically that season? So respect your farmer, respect your trucker, Respect everyone that's on this planet with Earth's human mission to give you what you go to look for. And remember, 3,000 children are dying a day all over the world because they don't have water. But I'm going to say also there are children in our country getting diseases that are not drinking any water at all, and yet they have it available. So let's stop and think. Listen to our guests well, and we shall learn from them, and I will too. I've been in research for 30 years. But can we know enough that is impossible? No one knows enough. We're going to listen to our sponsor, Nature's Tears Eye Mist, the natural method with tissue culture-grade water, the absolute premium standard water, to moisturize misty eyes with water with just a mist. We'll listen to Nature's Tears Eye Mist, and we'll be back with our special guest, Denise Concurney. Listen. Listen. 
The world is talking. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All-natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. You're listening to the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Listening to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. That's SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. Denise Kankuri is president and co-founder of Women for World Health, professor and medical anthropologist, and she's been dedicating her life uh, as a co-founder for Women for Health. Denise, are you with us? Yes, I am. Well, I want to thank you for joining us uh, well, today, and I me. commend you, and I want to thank you on behalf of all people on the planet that you're involved with this organization. And tell us about you personally first. Uh, what is your background, Denise? Uh, well, I'm an anthropologist, and um, I love anthropology because it has... It's the study of anything to do with humanity. Um, and then I sort of fell into medical anthropology through, you know, life experiences. You turn a corner and there's an opportunity. And so I've been working with volunteer uh, medical missions for 13 years now. Uh-huh. And uh, has that been in the United States or around the world? Uh, around the world, uh, mostly I've done international. Uh, we have been actually trying to provide medical care to Americans, and our biggest stumbling block, actually, is every venue that has wanted to participate has backed out because they're afraid of being sued in case somebody slips and falls or something like that. But just this, uh, during this last week, I was involved with, the, and so are many of my volunteers, with RAM LA, the remote area medical clinic that's um, going on at the LA Sports Arena right now. They're serving 1,200 patients a day. Um. Uh, she's been worldwide uh, volunteering her time to the issues of women and that she found herself not too long ago here in the country having some challenges uh, for people to get involved in with the health issues of women. Now, we all know that uh, women's health issues have been a primary focus uh, around the world for a long time, and, and we found that sometimes they're compared to men and uh, or they were not some of the things that could have been compared at all uh, were left behind. And uh, we're going to wait for her for the moment and uh, see hopefully we'll get Denise back on. Uh, oh, you can hear me? Denise. Hello? D- Denise, are you with us again? Oh, yeah, I'm, I've been here. Oh, because we had a click go and I thought you were gone. Oh, no, no, no. I've we been here 
I've been here. Well, I, I guess I'm going to start saying to my guests from wherever in the world they've been, uh, are talking to me from, uh, we've had them from all over the world where they, when we've been into different countries of the world at the show, there'll be a click. And if I hear a click and it's almost like a dead silence, all of a sudden I think I better I start entertaining our audience with what we were Oh, I see. No, I'm here. And I've been, I okay, hear well, everything you're Denise, saying. let's discuss um, uh, the issues of women uh, about, you know, I go, I have been in research for over 30 years and, and I do believe that uh, issues of women have been uh, somewhat forgotten somewhat to me. Um, Women are absolutely the most interesting species to me. I'm, I know I'm one, but I was raised in a home by my parents, equally with my brother. And uh, I was involved in athletics, and I was involved, and there was nothing I couldn't. my parents said I couldn't do if I worked to do. And my brother was the t- same thing with myself. And so I don't look at he, me, she. Uh, and I do believe there should be better education from your little children uh, growing in a home with mom and dad, he, she, or uh, their siblings, whether they be and he and she's, that there's, they're equal to me. Uh, to me. And um, tell me what you were, have been learning uh, around the world if when you've gone in the challenges to get the female um, respected, I should I say. Well, uh, first of all, Women for World Health, we're not limited to women's health issues. We're an organization that's founded by women and run by women. And Uh um, but one thing, it's interesting, what you're asking about women coming in as a group of women and getting respect. What's been interesting, which I would not have, have anticipated, is when we come in, we're very much accepted because we're not any sort of a threat. We're not coming in to compete. We, you know, people look at us as, you know, we're the nurturers, we're the females, we're the mothers. And for some reason, um, we, I feel more acceptance and more openness than I did when I was working with a uh, male team. Okay. Uh-huh. Now, when you go into these different locations, are there men involved with it too or mostly women? Uh, well, we do have men. I mean, our teams um, have men on them also. Our teams are both male and female, but it's primarily female. Uh, now, when you reason, go, not, let's not, say... not by choice. We don't, we don't say, oh, well, we want this one because cause it's a woman, but just that's just how it turns out. There, We have a lot well, more female. That's even better. That's good. I like those nature ways uh, of things yeah. happening. Now, let's tell, tell us about, and, and I'm going to tell you where I'm coming from today, and I was really excited to have you on, Denise and what you're all giving your lives to do. Uh, we have right now what's going on all over the world. They say there's this checking out colors of skin and, and, and people that may have been um, disrespectful, let's even use the word uh, prejudice, of certain uh, religions, skin, or whatever in the world. And where I come from somewhat, and I need to tell this, the world is, I still think they haven't done enough to respect women, all women, and little girls from all over the world. I think, where have they been? Uh, the disrespect that goes on uh, about a woman, a female. And sure. um, are you doing anything about that with your women organization, or do you want me to leave that topic and go on? Uh, we don't need to stay here very long on what I'm thinking, but I truly um, believe uh, that women and females are abused, they have. They can hardly walk alone anywhere to go someplace alone. Um, I don't. 
I don't go many places alone, Denise. Um, and I don't go for long walks alone because I'm a woman. And why, why is that? Because of the way I was taught to be aware of certain situations. And people seem to be afraid to, tra- to train and teach their little girls at home. Don't answer the door if there's a man behind it or somebody that you don't know. Um, are, is there anything happening with your organization, or is it strictly going into diseases and uh, other is- other critical issues? No, we don't. Um, speci- we don't go in and try to um, change the social structure of a of a group. We do see a lot of discrimination against women. Of this, there's no question, and it's pretty shocking. Mm-hmm. Um, but. I think what happens is we're not preaching, we don't go in, we have no political, no religious affiliations whatsoever. And we go in and we uh, do a lot of plastic surgery, reconstructive surgery, ophthalmology, mm-hmm. we do also dentistry, general clinics. Um, I you know, re- probably. Mm-hmm. We, we, we do all of these things. We restore um, sight, we restore hearing, and we make people whole. And I think just by the fact that we are women, we're a very highly skilled group of women, very um, courageous group of women, caring, sensitive, empathic. I think people, um, I think we're good role models. And I think men in countries, and I don't want to be, you know, make these blanket statements, but I've been in countries where women are absolutely invisible. Women are below second-class citizens. And then when we come in, all of a sudden, they see women who are their equals, who they can respect, who they can talk to, who are intelligent. And I think that just by our presence, that elevates the status of women. Oh, it does. It does. What you're doing is elevating the status of life, nature, people, yes. the respect yes. of all life. Mm-hmm. I agree. You know, I, I look out the window, Denise, and, and I, of course, my field has been studying water forever and and the technology but and health issues. But when you look at life and you're looking out a window where you may be sitting at this second, and all of a sudden you're looking at a tree, and in, in your estate you're looking at maybe some flowers that are blowing me that are not even Many. blooming yet in other places, and, and the tropical trees, and, and you're looking around at different things that are nature, an absolute nature. We hear about what happened in Iceland with that torn the volcano that was nature. We're hearing about an oil spill that was human, mankind, nature. Something happened again. Then you go over to different places of the world, and we have our lives going on with no water, no sanitation, malaria killing thousands and thousands of people, millions. Uh, the Guinea worm, no sanitation, no good water. Um, so nature is nature, and what you're doing, and I want to thank you uh, and all of you for giving back to the nature of Earth's human mission because it, it is a struggle, and sometimes you're having to deal with the unknown because you're not sure what n- nature is going to offer you when you arrive, but you're obviously learning how to get it relaxed and threatening and let you do what you do best with women. Um, I wanted to ask you now, when you, which countries of the world have you gone into? Um, let's see, we've been to uh, Ecuador and South America, Laos. Um, actually, we're getting ready for our third trip to Laos. Uh, the Indian Himalayas. Um, we, I, we Right now, we have a trip going to Sierra Leone. 
Um, I was just in Nigeria. Um, trying, I'm, I'm forgetting someplace huge. But I've been doing this for 13 years. Women for World Health has only been in existence for four years. Uh-huh. Um, oh, Guatemala. I knew that was another big one. Guatemala, Ecuador, Laos, Himalayas, mm-hmm. and we are now getting ready to go to Africa. Okay, wonderful. Now, when you're going into the African countries, because there's a lot of challenges going on there with yes. malaria and uh, no water and and uh, many of the challenges, of San- of course, no water, no sanitation, and there's lots of malaria because of that. Um, yeah, well, the, you- the malaria, though, the malaria, I think that's more to the point for your program is all the waterborne diseases. And it that's is. all because of contaminated fact, we water. Just a, we just like- had a Ph.D. from Kenya on the show in Kenya. And people forget uh-huh. that. Yeah, they forget that. Right. I mean, and there's uh, these things that are endemic. I mean, they're they're endemic. You have typhoid and dysentery and cholera and, uh, you know, diarrhea. I mean, people think, uh, oh, diarrhea is nothing. Well, diarrhea is there's the guinea worm. The and, yeah, there's a guinea worm. And you can imagine uh, what what is going to happen. But now we're going to take a moment with our sponsor, Denise, and we'll be right back. And you tell us the classroom you would like to teach uh, for the remainder of the show. Okay. We're going to listen to our sponsor, Biologic Aqua Research, Nature Tears Eye Mist. 100% all natural moisture, natural water moisture to mist your eyes every day to supply the moisture to your, your film. Listen to our sponsor and we'll be right back. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel, where the world comes to talk. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Listening to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to Sharon Hour at Yahoo.com. That's Sharon Hour at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. Denise, what are some of the things you'd like to teach our audience today with the remainder of time we have? Um, well, I think that most people um want to help other people. I think people are starting to see the world is in great need and our governments for the most part lack the infrastructure to provide necessary health care to their people. And I think if people want to get involved with um I think it's time to get involved. And I think one of the, the problems that people have is how do I know that my my money is going someplace to help to actually help people? How do I know that if I lick these stamps to mail these letters that that's actually going to help somebody. And I think that it's, uh, I think people need to research 
what kind of volunteer organization they really want to be involved in, whether it's water, whether it's the whales, whether it's surgical missions um, to the third world. I think people need to research that and then really look at the different organizations. And my recommendation would be go with something very, very big like the, the uh, Red Cross or an organization like that, or go for something smaller, more grassroots, like Women for World Health. That is, we're not the only organization like that. Um, that's very specific. I mean, everything is specific. If you mail a check, um, I'm the one that goes down and deposits it in the bank. I don't, we don't have a multiple layer of people. We don't have anybody that's getting paid. It goes 100% to our patients. And so I think, and I think people need to understand that every little bit that they can do, whether it's making phone calls, whether it's sorting through photographs, whether it's licking a stamp or whether it's donating money, all of that is necessary in order to help the people. And it's all now, on the people on the internet. Do you have a, what is your website on the internet? The, our website is www. and then just womenforworldhealth.org. All run together. Womenforworldhealth.org. See, if the internet has done amazing, it's a, it's an uh, it's a universal vision of communications that people. To, like you just gave us an education about when you're looking for something that you want to give of yourself, that footprint during a day that you're giving back, go in, to certain directions and the, the, thank gosh for the Internet for that. That's right. uh, so you have a really good website for people to come in and study and understand. And, but you just yeah, said. And then, they, then they can decide if we are a good fit for them, you know, because it, it has to be something that resonates with you personally. It has to be a very personal commitment. And so everybody's different. And that's why it's wonderful what you're doing for water. I mean, that is one of the most critical needs in the entire world. It's, you, it's, if you had a list of the top five, water's going to be one or uh, the first or it's the number second. one. It is number yeah. one. Yeah, and that's yeah, a, well, that is know, a very honorable cause, and you've committed yourself to it. And you're making an impact, and that's what it's all about. Is we we want to be able to make an impact. We want to be able to improve lives. We want what, to, be able to what you lives. just said, Denise, is called. I, I believe me, uh, possibly you calling it a mission. It's a mission that each person, like each of our guests that I've had on, I don't care if they're the Nobel Prize winner, the head of the United Nations, wherever in the world, the author, whoever they've had on, I asked them about their childhood and their lives, and something clicked in their life. That's what they wanted to do. And they they follow through. Now the ways reasons sometimes we can follow we follow through as we were able to get a lot of people to to be with us to follow through. Uh, I sure have uh, to to credit all of my guests on the show for this to be a future success and being syndicated going bigger. And then all of us. And then when I go out and look at what I've had to do in the world, how would you have liked to start it out with the power of water and face and skin and eyes? And people are saying, "Well, wait a minute. We know we drink it. We know we use it for power. We know we use it for irons. We know we use it." But what are you saying? We need to do this and that. But it's a mission that you've done, and you've said it too. If a person gets an idea, well, I might want to be involved in this. That means there's something within you saying that might be the mission I want to give back to. And you just said it, Denise. Go pursue it. Go look for which one. And it may just pop up, and that's the one you would like to give your time to and leave that footprint with on Earth for something special to do to help others. Now, with women, I wanted to ask you, and if I put, I always am careful with my guests, 
but when we have the president of Iran coming into the United States today, and he's going to be on a special committee here for the United Nations for women, women's rights. What comes That's through your funny, mind? Don't you think? The, with the world out there and women, uh, thinking about women and the different people of the world and different countries of the world and our country. Uh, what are you thinking about uh, women? Is there something that you'd like to see an objective with women's rights, something that maybe would be so small but common sense? Uh, well, that's a pretty loaded question. Um, yeah, what? <laughs> I gave you a lot of ins and outs. <laughs> yeah, um, well... Obviously, I would like to see women and men on equal footing. I mean, that's, that's, that's a given. But then the question is, I mean, it's such a complex issue. The question is, why are women so oppressed globally? Why is it that the female sexuality is considered to be such a threat that it needs to be controlled? Because that is, um, you know, part of the huge drive is that the female sexuality is considered to be so powerful that it needs to be controlled, that somehow this is a threat to men. Yet, the, the ironic part of it is, is that, that for the most part women are abused sexually, yet that's the thing that the men are trying to control. Maybe that's why they're abusing it. Um, so I, I can't, I'm not really answering your question because it's... No, you're, it's you're, you're giving us an educational thought. Now, yeah, where, where it might be is we're the ones, the women are the ones giving birth to the baby and uh, nurturing and teaching it, changing the diapers and, and doing all of teaching it to crawl, walk, picking it up when it cries and doing all the things that a, a mother does. I don't care if you are in the largest control, uh, protective conservative animals in the world in Kenya uh, with all the uh, animals of the world that are out there, uh, the mother of, of the animals and the mother of human life. And, and you've got a blade of grass protecting the next blade of grass. You've got a tree protecting the next tree. It's nature. It's earth. It's the planet. It's the, we're living on the sol in the solar system of life, uh, that life. And what you just said, everybody knows is this, what's happening in a sense. It's the common sense. Uh, what is it that we could do in life to get all these little babies born, boy and girl, to respect each other from day one, right from the beginning? Now, when I grew up, my parents said my brother and I had to be polite to each other, respect each other, and yes, we teased each other, but there was always respect. And uh, what you're saying, wouldn't it be something if the women of the world decided to join hands and uh, do what they do best, enjoy their lives, they're always giving back. Women give back tremendous amounts of, 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 of uh, courage to the whole planet. Oh, I have, I, I, I have a story I think that you would really like. I was just in Nigeria in January. And in Nigeria, women are just con inferior. I mean, anybody will say that. Well, of course, women are inferior. And I was talking to our host in this, in this region, the Muslims and the Christians used to kill each other all the time. The men did. And it stopped about five years ago. And I said, so why did it stop? And he said, well, he said, it was because of the women. He said, because the women, while the men were killing each other, the women still were maintaining the market, selling food back and forth to each other. They were the stability of the economy. And so it was the women that kept the peace, and finally the men stopped killing each other 
because they realized that economically the women were right. Yeah, yeah. They so probably the, noticed the women, that they better the, get back home because the women I mean, were the controlling all of the business. The women are selling each other sweet potatoes. Um, yeah, yeah. It's rather ironic that the women are the ones that have more of a, a global picture of it. Of course, they don't have all that testosterone and aggression surging through them either. So there's also a biological component to it. Well, they have a lot surging through them because they're survivors. They've noticed that right. if the man isn't going to do it, somebody's got to do it. And exactly. it takes a lot of wisdom and patience and don't rush. Take right. your time and do it correctly. And you don't always have to... Um, uh, scrimmage the uh, the fight uh, to go do it well, uh, and women learned. I've always been a, a, a supporter of men and women, um, but I find in the business world even that men are uh, even testing women uh, more than they do their men's peers. They're testing the, some of the women's personalities, and you'll find that all over the world. This has been going on uh, to, with women to try to do the, get their job done. I personally believe this, Denise. I don't think a woman has ever, in, in accomplishments she's trying to challenge, and that courage and wisdom she's trying to challenge and, and do the daily tasks, she's ever in a really big hurry. She has needed the teamwork like everybody else needs support of a committee, teamwork, and, and somebody helping like all people do to get something done. But if you watch the world and what she did in Iraq to vote, what she's done in other places of the world to be able to vote and to go out and do some of the things to be in a position to have a voice representing her side, which means patience, courage, wisdom, and uh, getting something done. Uh, sometimes things don't always get done because there's too many people in a power play that want to be powerfully involved to get it their way. And she manages to be, I could be wrong, I think all over the world, she manages to have a lot more congeniality to getting things done. But again, that's your role. That's what you gals are doing. That's what your women are doing uh, with the world and their health. And you know with the water world out there, the women who have to get up in the morning early and go for miles away uh, to carry that water back to, the, to where she lives for her daily life and her family's life with the water. And if she should trip, she's got to stop and go all the way back, fill it up again and go back for the daily water. That's the woman doing it. It's been known and, all over the world. That's the women doing that. And it's also, um, I know in Laos, some of our patients in Laos, the women have to carry the water, and they do it from the time that they're very, very young. So the girls don't go to school because the girls are the ones that are supposed to transport the water, and it takes Stop all it. day to get to a, a clean water source to be able to have enough for the family to survive. And then you see these same girls now fast forward 30 years or 40 years, and their bodies are completely distorted, their spines are twisted, their necks are twisted, because they've been carrying these heavy water jugs on their head from the time they were little. That's another very... You know, you're um, the first person I've had on bring that up, uh, and I've had them from all over the world, but that is, a, that is the common sense of what happens with what they're doing. Yeah. Um, I can send and, you some photos if you'd like. I can send you some photos. Oh, let's do it that. and get it on the web. Let's, I'm going to start doing more of a newsletter with everybody out there here soon. Uh, in the next 60 days, we're going to start a new side of us, too, and get people okay, educated. I'll, make a note. And, you know, I'll send you some photos. I've got photos of the little girls carrying, and then I've got a woman who looks like she's probably 70, 
and she's, you know, like 50. And I'll send you a picture of that, and you can see the distorted body and stuff, and you can put it on your website. But and I you know, Denise, short, I want to talk about Sierra Leone. Yes. Oh, yes, yes. do. Because we have a, a plastic surgery mission going to Sierra Leone December 3rd through 12th, where they have such high rates of birth, uh, birth defects, particularly the cleft lift, the cleft palate, plus they have a lot of facial deformities and body deformities based on infections and also um, trauma. And so we're, we're anticipating probably 60 to 70 different patients most of which are going to be under age two. Very, very, um, this is one of the poorest countries in the world. The, the average income, annual income, are you ready for this? The average annual income is $208 a year. The lifespan, the average lifespan for men is 41 and for women it's 42. And the wow. literacy rate is 31%. This is the forgotten area of the world. And they have... Uh, three doctors for every 100,000 people. So they need help desperately in the world of medical care. Now, what are you finding? Uh, we don't have too much time, and I'm sure glad you brought that up. And we'll do, when you come back, and you're, I would uh, call my program director and let's discuss what you were learning and what you were able to do. But what are you finding, uh, why they were forgotten? Because uh, there's charity. We, in the United States of America, is going out all over the world. Why do you think they were somewhat forgotten? Well, I think it's because, let's see, there's, well, they've had a lot of um, civil unrest. There's been Sierra Leone and Nigeria. I just came back from both of those. And we had missions scheduled in both countries. In Nigeria, we had to cancel because there was a big massacre right in the area okay. where we were going to be going. Okay. A lot uh, of distractions. I think a lot of it's political unrest. Political um, unrest and, 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 and very, very dangerous for people to go in and tell it settle. Well, right. I want to wish you well. I enjoyed every minute myself, and I know the guests did too, our listeners did too. And I want our listeners to go to World Health, women's, womenforworldhealth.com. Denise, no, thank women you for World so Health. much. Org. Okay, so, doc org. Dot thank org. you, and we'll post it on okay. our website too, Denise. Okay, thank you, and you have, have a nice day. Everything. Keep up the good work. And you be well, and you too. Thank you. Okay, thank you. How about you? The World Talk Radio Variety Channel, where the world comes to listen and talk. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. Listen. Listen. The world is talking. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel.
listening to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. That's SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. I'm going to introduce our next guest. It's Allison Lorcher. And uh, Allison, are you with us? I sure am. And I and want to ask your um, help with me. How do you pronounce your last name? <laughs> Losser. I pronounce it Losser. Losser. Okay. Yeah, and your background is acupuncture clinic project that you located in uh, Champion. And you're going to have to help our audience with this with Champion in Nepal. Uh huh. Shopagown. Yeah, in Nepal. In Nepal and villages in the surrounding area. And your background is in herbs and a licensed acupuncturist, and you're up in Portland, Oregon, but you have done this in other parts of the world. Yeah, um, yeah, I have. Uh, let's see, in, I spent about two months in the clinic in Shepagown, um in uh, the Kathmandu Valley in Nepal, and that was from, let's see, that was November and December and a little bit of January, so I guess it was a little how bit long, How long have you been doing that? Um, how long have I been practicing acupuncture? Yeah. Um, well, uh, I have been out of school for two years, just under two years, um, mm-hmm. and of course, the, there was a four-year program, so um, oh, a total of about five years. Uh, huh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, and uh, teach us a little bit. I'm going today, I'm going to uh, ask you some different questions, and if you find that there are some things that you don't want to answer quite yet on some different questions I have about some herbs and teas and more. Uh, we'll do and have another show when you're prepared with some of the things I have in the back of my mind. Now, <laughs> oh, I'm great. a believer of acupuncture. Oh, great. <laughs> uh, I have been studying that baby from birth uh, when it came out of the mother's pocket of water and entered in the air we breathe. We never studied the dehydration from that second. Uh, you know, I'm not smart. I've said this to the world. Um, Allison, and who is smart enough, everybody in science and in research says the same thing. It is impossible to be so smart because everybody <laughs> born has a, has a different complexion, a different eye, a different mm-hmm. fingerprint. The dehydration, the DNA, DNA is everybody's different. We're all you, so you, excitingly unique. <laughs> and I've said to the world, when you get out of bed in the morning and you plant your feet on the ground, that second, I don't care if you got up under the bridge, uh, if you got up under the tree, or you got up next to your wherever your bed is located, you begin that new moment, that new day. You're that special and you're that unique in your own health. But I learned along the way when I was studying about dehydration that there are parts of the body that are dehydrating differently and, and backing up toxin differently. So I don't look at acupuncture uh, like a lot of people do. Would you explain to us what, describe acupuncture to us so we would learn? Um, all right. But this is kind of like <laughs> our professor and our I'll, I'll do my best. <laughs> all right. Um, okay. So very, very basic is that acupuncture is the insertion of uh, thin needles into different points in the body and these points aren't random they're part of a very large uh, physiological system that is in in many ways very different from the western physiological system that we uh, you just mentioned western how old is this how old is this uh, this uh, therapeutic treatment 
Um, well, you know, I've heard all different kinds of numbers. The largest I've heard is about 5,000 years old. Um, okay. 3,000 to 5,000 years old. Um, and it began in, in which country did it begin? Um, well, I, it seems that China <laughs> seems to be where it has begun, but they've also found some evidence um, of it starting in India and I believe maybe even uh, on the African continent somewhere. So, you know... Okay. Uh, archaeology <laughs> and all of this, mm-hmm. all, uh, it's, it's amazing, and, you know, we're always finding finding new things, but China is definitely the country, well, and all over Asia, um, the, the biggest Asian continent, you know, now, China. When, China. When, uh, when we're discussing in our classroom what acupuncture treatment means, what the therapeutic treatment means, mm-hmm. what is it, when, when you go to place the, the treatment wherever in the body you're placing it, let's say you decided to do it for... Let's say a person has back pain. Where would you p- apply the the, treat, the acupuncture? <laughs> I wish that were a simple question. Um, and okay. okay. Is, uh, we we do diagnosis um, in a number of different ways through conversation, okay. um, through reading the pulse, and through looking at the tongue. And so back pain, while your back pain may may feel similarly to somebody else's, it's actually going to be very specific to you. Um, and so we need to figure out not only where your back pain is, but why your back pain is. Yeah, you and need to help me with something, too, and I'm sure the audience uh, uh, wondered, too. You said you look at the pulse mm-hmm. and you look at the tongue? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and what well, are you looking at at the tongue? What are you, um, what are you looking for? <laughs> the tongue is uh, a really amazing map of all of your internal organs and your constitution. Um, and what's going on with your body fluids, with your blood, um, and your different organs. So, for example, Eliza, your your heart and your liver and your stomach and your spleen, they all have different places on I am so glad you brought that up because um, <laughs> I was asked to study that years and years ago, and and I noticed the nerve endings in the tongue that had never been educated to the world. Now, um, okay, so if you're wanting to... Uh, interview somebody uh, as a patient, you go in and check their blood pressure, and, I mean their uh, pulse, their pulse, and probably mm-hmm. your, their blood pressure too, and then you look at the <laughs> tongue, and, uh-huh. and, and then where do you go from there? Um, from there, we make a diagnosis. Um, and so, you know, for back pain, a diagnosis may sound something like kidney yang deficiency. Um, it might be spleen yang deficiency. It might be lung chi deficiency. It could be a whole variety of things. Um, and it depends on why you have the back pain, too. It's very, I'll give a very different treatment uh, to somebody who has an acute back sprain. You know, they lifted a cast iron bathtub that they shouldn't have lifted versus, you know, somebody who has had chronic back pain for a long time. That, that, those two treatments look really different, although both people may be coming in for back pain. And likely, you know, they could be similar or the same diagnosis of kidney yang deficiency or something, but likely not. You know, they're, they're going to be very different things. Okay, um, I'm going to sway you now. That was quite a good class that we're learning something about this. We're getting familiar. <laughs> Let's say you have a patient that comes in with one of the most biggest complaints uh, there are out there are allergies. Uh, mm-hmm. People that are getting more allergies than ever in history from younger and on. And it doesn't always have to mean it with the pollen from the trees. It means... The seasons changed. Uh, maybe they're indoors too much, not getting a fresh air. But what? What if a person comes in and says, "I have an allergy"? Uh, what can I do? Mm-hmm. I love, I love, <laughs> I love working with people who have allergies. Um, uh, 
Well, that's also going to be a similar differentiation, you know, as we talked about with the back pain. Why do you have allergies? Have you had allergies your whole life? Is this a new thing this season? When is it worse? When is it better? You know, some people get allergies full on in the springtime and some people get them at the change of season. And that's going to be a difference in in diagnosis and a difference. Getting off of an airplane. (laughs) <laughs> right, <laughs> right. Or, you know, even even smaller things like, you know, I sneeze right. a lot in the morning, but by noon it seems to go away. That's going to be a difference in treatment for me as well um, and a difference in diagnosis. Uh, but overall, what I I envision with acupuncture treatment for people and what I, I do um, is if you have allergies, uh, it's, you know, of any sort, pollen or grass or food allergies, what we, you need to do on a whole body level is reduce levels of inflammation and increase your 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 strength and increase your immunity, um, increase your resistance to those pollens because, you know, there's all kinds of things going on with our environment, but we should be theoretically strong enough to deal with them. And some people have allergies and other people don't. And, you know, now, if it was course, only the Allison, environment, everybody would have allergies. Allison, <laughs> so, of course, you're say, asking them, how much water do you drink a day, I hope? <laughs> Do you, ask, sorry, do you ask them how much water they drink a day? Do I ask them how much water they drink a day? Right. <laughs> um, sometimes, yeah. I mean, if, if it seems like there is a dehydration issue, um, if it seems like there are, uh, you know, uh, nutrition issues, definitely, for sure. Um, nutrition and diet. Yeah, now water number one seems strange. You know, I was, uh, when I was getting ready for the show today and I was thinking about the world water and the challenges, and I was just a guest speaker at a middle school up in Upper New York recently for an assembly, and and um, some of the kids were just absolutely unbelievable. You can imagine having an assembly just with me standing there with water, and some of the kids said, well, you know, I didn't know a lot of things. For example, I didn't know how much water is in our bodies, like our eyes and our bones, and then this other child says, I never thought of a water crisis until all of this, she, what she just said. I didn't know they were fighting over water. I always thought it was oil. And the other one was saying, I am drinking more water now. And, you know, we're talking about, Allison, children of the world that don't have any water. And yet children who have a supply of water didn't know how important it is to drink water every day. So that's why I asked you if uh, if you uh, and I have a nature pass that are part of my life and surgeons and and many doctors of all backgrounds, um, orthopedics and so on and car- uh, and um, different doctors. But I was curious that on the water issue, uh, if you meant to ask them how much water they drink a day, Allison. I think we've lost Allison. Oh no, there are you, you are. There? <laughs> are you there? Oh yes, <laughs> there you are. I didn't okay, hear you okay. Because sometimes there's a technical problem, and because we, we did bring you in by your phone. Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> tell us about teas and herbs and and different things you've learned. Um, I'm curious on the herbs. What would you say to your patients after, uh, let's say, uh, when they come and talk with you? What are some of the herbs that you like to recommend to your patients? Um, well, Chinese herbal formulas are are, are uh, they're complicated. They're pro- perhaps even more complicated than the acupuncture system. Um, and a formula, an herbal formula, will be specially made for each individual patient. And they're based on formulas made by famous doctors that are thousands and thousands of years old. But then they're customized to each individual individual patient based on their diagnosis. 
um, based on their particular symptoms. And so I don't recommend, usually I don't recommend particular single herbs for people, so I will often write a formula for somebody um, based on what it is that they're coming in for. but I'm, I'm very, now, very help my, say, help my you know, listeners to understand, when you write a formula, what does the formula say? What is the what? I'm sorry? What is, well, if you wrote a formula, uh-huh. what does the formula say? Oh, it, a formula consists of anywhere between, oh, geez, two to maybe even 25 different herbs that all work together. Um, they work together to balance each other. They work together to treat different symptoms, different parts of the body, and to counteract any uh, side effects. Or so any- you go into your herb, uh, herb shop or your lo- uh, location and you ask for a, a herb supplement that has most of those in it. Yeah, and it's not just one thing. It's not just one supplement for every person or even one supplement for every condition. It's right. you know one formula for every person. It's a very highly customized uh, customized, you know, thing. Um, well, we do. So, we've had some top herbalists on our show all over the world. I wanted to ask you, what do you know about teas? Uh, we're learning more about teas that are used for different symptoms. That if a person understood them and they had available an herbal shop to go to that had a lot of different teas, the, the, uh, the leaf teas, do you, could, do you know anything about the teas or would you prefer us going on to something else? <laughs> um, it depends on what kind of tea you're talking about. I know a little bit about herbal teas um, and a little bit about green tea and black tea and things like that. Um, and okay. those those have that they are herbs. You know, the green tea and the black tea. Right. Right. You know, we call it tea because it's so common and it has a particular name. But they do have a specific functions. So, for example, um, pu'er tea is a fermented tea, and it is. Uh, it is particularly good for digestive issues um, because it's fermented because of its particular energetic properties, whereas green tea is a much much lighter tea and it is much more uh, energetically effervescent, I would say, <laughs> a little bit more lifting. So whereas like pu'er tea, which is a black fermented tea, um, is going to be a little bit more tonifying for your middle, for your digestion, green tea is going to be a little bit more opening. Um, so hey, we've, <laughs> that music came on because we're almost out of time, uh-huh. and um, I want I would like to have you on again because I would really like to learn more about the herbs, and I'm sure that you're recommending after an acupuncture treatment probably a lot of herbs and teas and different nutritional hints that people could learn. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> Definitely. Well, I want to thank you for your time and what you're doing, and uh, where would our uh, we where would our uh, guests go to look up you on the website? Um, well, the the group that I worked with in uh, Nepal, they are called the Acupuncture Relief Project, and that website is um, www.acupunctureleafproject.org, and my personal website is serendipityacupuncture.com. Um, oh, and, thank uh, you, Allison, yeah. and you keep up the good work with the rest of that world you're working with. <laughs> Thanks so much for having me. Have a now. nice day, and you be well. <laughs> you too. Thank you. Thank Bye-bye. you. Well, we had quite a learning lesson today, uh, learning about the women of the world and what women are doing to help women. And then we learned a little bit more about acupuncture. We've had individuals on about acupuncture and herbs and teas and nutrition. And go to the website and learn more about that. There's something that I want our audience to know about power of water. 
The earth is flowing every moment. When you look at a mountain, it wouldn't be there without the water. If you look at the blade of grass, it wouldn't be there without the water. The soil, the sand, the tree, human life, all life, it wouldn't be there without the water. Let's learn more together and understand what earth is offering for all of us each day. It's the water, power of water. Earth is a human mission for all of us to get together and do what is best for all the eternities to come. Bring eternity back into our vocabulary. Earth has a secret. Embrace your life every special moment. Earth is whispering. Never say goodbye. Thank you for listening. Join us next week for another edition of the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water, Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Remember to visit Sharon's website at SharonKleinaHour.com.